Amen. If you want to find your hymnals then and turn uh, to the back uh, to the Shorter Catechism section, we've been working through the Shorter Catechism together each Sunday evening. And uh, I think it's in the 869 range, uh, page number. We're up to question eight in the Shorter Catechism. As we've been working our way through this fall, uh, it's been a great joy to do that uh, with you all. Last week we looked at uh, the question, what are the decrees of God? And we talked about God's sovereignty over all things. Um, And we uh, wrestled through some of the challenges of that. Uh, But we uh, came out saying that ultimately it leads us to praise that God is a sovereign God uh, who is sovereign over all things. Question eight sort of goes uh, further. If we said that There are these decrees of God, like a king who decrees things and they happen. Uh, Question 8 says, um, how doth God execute his decrees? Um, And so let me read that question again, and we'll read the answer together, and then we'll study it uh, briefly here uh, together. Uh, So question 8, how doth God execute his decrees? God executeth his decrees in the works of creation and providence. Wonderful. And uh, this is a a summary question, and uh, when we come back, um, uh, Brian will be here next week, I'll be gone, and when we come back from that, uh, we'll jump in and and answer, you know, what is the work of creation, and then we'll look at what is the work of providence. Uh, So this is a summary statement. Um, But let me read um, a a verse that will be very familiar to you, Uh, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then another Uh, a key passage in Hebrews chapter 1 that he, let me actually turn there so that we have it before us. These will be our two main uh, verses uh, for this evening. Uh, Hebrews 1 tells us that long ago, uh, many times in many ways God spoke to his people, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his son, Um, let's jump in where the memory leaves off here. Uh, His son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Uh, What an uh, amazing statement that God has spoken through Jesus, created through Jesus, and sustains the universe through him. And so what is question eight summarizing for us? If, if God is sovereign over all things, question eight digs a little bit deeper and says, well, how does God go about this? If his decrees are his eternal plan, right? Um, God has planned the end from the beginning sovereignly. Then how does that actually play out? Where do we see him working out his plan? And, and perhaps you've experienced this, you know, you Uh, I mean, picture what it takes to build a house. You have to come up with a blueprint. Uh, You have to come up with the plan. Who's going to build each thing? Uh, It's very intricate in terms of once you get down to the the wiring and the plumbing and everything that goes into a house. And you could have the greatest blueprint in the world, but if you never build a house, uh, you would say, that's great, but how does it come to fruition? And when it comes to building the house then, uh, it, it starts to take this tangible form. That's what question eight is getting at in God's work of creation. So if God planned all things, uh, creation is, is the beginning in time. Uh, uh, God's uh, creating the world. God's creating his people. And then 
providence is, is one of those interesting worlds. That is more like maintaining a house. Uh, so you build a house, and that's wonderful. Uh, but if from then on you say, I'm not going to do any more work on this house, um, uh, then the house is going to deteriorate over time, um, just sort of on a human level. So you think of the creation, the building of the house, and then you think of providence as this maintaining of the house, this sustaining work of God. And so we see that God is creator, but he's also sustainer. Or like Hebrews just told us, uh, everything was made through Jesus, but then it says uh, the universe is upheld by the word of his power. Uh, that's something to ponder, uh, that uh, the stars, um, uh, the, the weather systems here on earth, all of it is sustained by our God and creator and here through Jesus Christ uh, himself. And so that's what this question is starting to uh, get at, uh, that God has this plan from the beginning, but he executes the plan uh, perfectly, right? Since, since 2020 and, and the COVID pandemic, how many times have you made a great plan <laughs> that has been totally changed? Uh, how many times have you, uh, you know, uh, sent out invitations and people were going to travel and, and then it comes to the week and you realize, oh, I guess all we're doing is watching movies or uh, those people are not coming. All the plans we had, all the food we got from Costco sort of comes to nothing. But with God, it's not like that. Uh, God is uh, the sovereign Lord. He is the creator and he sustains it. And we praise him uh, for both of these aspects of who he is. And so we're going to look at three points very briefly this evening. Um, we're going to look, uh, sort of flowing from this morning sermon, that the, all of this leads us to praise. We're going to say that we praise God as creator. Number two, we praise God as king. And number three, that we praise God as shepherd. And so what does it mean that we praise him as creator? We saw Genesis 1-1, of course. If you turn with me to Psalm 33, uh, Psalm 33 helpfully sort of moves us through uh, these three different aspects of who God is. Uh, we read the beginning of Psalm 33 as the call to worship this evening. Let me pick up then in verse 6. So Psalm 33, verse 6. First, we're going to see in, in verses 1 through 9, we'll start in verse 6, we see God as creator mainly, and it leads us to praise. So verse 6, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Uh, do you see that same pattern we saw earlier? There's this call to worship, but then it's also telling us why we worship. Uh, let, let all the earth fear the Lord. Why? Because he spoke, and it came to be. You know, do you know anything else like that? <laughs> uh, now, we have voice-activated devices, um, but even they, you know, get sassy and don't do what we want them to do, right? But in the beginning, God simply says, let there be light, and there is light. Um, this leads us to praise. And here the call is for all the earth to praise, uh, right? Uh, Romans 1 reminds us that everyone knows there is a God. Everyone knows there is a creator. They just suppress that knowledge. And so here we see that we praise God as creator. Um, and in your own personal prayers, this is a wonderful, if you're going through, you know, acts like we just did, just hanging here for a while, what does it mean that God is creator? 
<clears throat> of all things. What does it mean that he spoke and they came to be? This is going to lead you to worship because it's going to remind you that you are not the creator. Uh, you are made in his image and you come before him to worship. And so we praise God as creator. But next we praise God as king. We praise God as king. Uh, if the first part of question eight tells us that uh, God uh, works out his decrees through th- the works of creation, the second part is that he works them out in providence. And we could further break that up in a sense, uh, as we're about to do, as his general providence and his special providence. So God has a general way in which he cares and upholds all of the universe, but he also has a special way in which he cares for and upholds his people. So let's first look at the more general way. Uh, Look with me back in Psalm 33, starting in verse 10, and we start to see this working out. Uh, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of all the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Of course, verse 12, we see that special providence as well. Look at verse 13. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. Uh, From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not... Uh, is not delivered by the gr- his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. It cannot rescue. Isn't that interesting that God looks over all of the earth. He knows every heart of every man and woman, and whether they recognize it or not, he's sustaining them. Uh, as the New Testament will, will, will quote for us, that in him we live and move and have our being, right? As, as Paul addresses in, in the book of Acts, uh, uh, the people in the Areopagus, he's, he's appealing to them and saying, you know about this God. <laughs> uh, you know there's a God who sustains you. Let me tell you who he is, right? And, and so we see this general sense in which God upholds the whole universe by the word of his power, Right? Uh, he uh, lays uh, the foundation in a way that uh, Romans tells us that we, we can try to deny it, um, uh, but it doesn't uh, work. Um, uh, a, a teacher by the name of uh, Cornelius Van Til gives this analogy. It's, it's like a, a child being held in the lap of its parent um, and, and slapping the face of the parent and thinking, I'm in charge here. <laughs> Um, not realizing that they're being held <laughs> by the parent who could let go, don't do that, at any time. Uh, in, in the same way, every human being, whether they recognize it or not, is being upheld. The breath in their lungs is from God. This is God's general providence. And we'll see later in question 12, uh, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing of all his creatures and all their actions. And so when we, when we say general, we mean everything, right? And we praise God for this. We praise the God who upholds every atom by the word of his power. We praise the God who brings rain on the just and the unjust. As God's people, that causes us to worship. We don't run away from that reality. And yet there's an even deeper reality for God's people. God not only upholds everything— And we just happen to be a part of that. But he upholds us in a special way 
and as our shepherd, of course, our king as well. But I think the shepherd metaphor gets us uh, even deeper there. Let's look at Psalm 33 again, starting in verse 18. And we'll see the personal nature that comes in here. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Do you see this movement that the psalmist has made, starting sort of the most zoomed out? God is is the Lord over all the earth, sustaining all things. Uh, And then he is the king who is sustaining, and he's the one who gives strength, and whether people realize it or not, but then it it ends in praise in this personal, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Or we could say here, he is our shepherd, right? We saw that this morning in Psalm 100, right? It starts with a call for all the earth to praise, But at the very center is that we would know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Uh, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Right? This is the, the personal nature of this, that, you know, God has this eternal decree uh, they will come to pass, but lest we think that for God's people, this is some sort of impersonal thing. Listen to the words of Jesus from John chapter 6, uh, verse 37 through 40, and feel free just to hear those um, if, if you need to. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me? I mean that that very will, that provi- that uh, sovereign will of God, right before the foundation of the world. That's what Jesus has come to do. Uh, verse thirty nine, and this is the will of Him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Uh, for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It doesn't get more personal than that. Uh, that the eternal decrees of God coming to this climax in human history uh, where Jesus, uh, God the Son, comes and dies, not just generally, uh, but dies for his people. He dies to raise up those that the Father gives to him. Uh, he dies to fulfill uh, the very plan that, that he uh, joyfully plotted with the Father and with the Holy Spirit before the foundation of the world. So that in the gospel, we are connected to God, our creator, instead of uh, turning away from him. And we are put under his providential care. And we are aware of it. And we love it and we delight in it as he cares for us. Uh, we've talked about the uh, the first catechism a couple times here. It's, it's a catechism that was written to help even younger children than perhaps are fully ready for the shorter catechism. And <clears throat> it the way it starts, the first few questions... I think summarize for us what we're talking about this evening, um, <clears throat> and and you'll see the intuitive nature. Let me let me see if you know the answer to these questions. Who made you? God. Nice. Oh, Dean. I was like, wait, <laughs> too young. Um, what else did God make? 
everything, or God made all things, right? You, yes. Uh, made the skies too? Yeah, you're right. He made the skies too. Uh, and then the next one, uh, I'll start answering just to, uh, but if you know it, join in. Why did God make you in all things? For his own glory. And then question five, why are you to glorify God? Because he made me and takes care of me. Uh, do you see that language of creation and providence? Uh, because he made me, um, that's reason enough to glorify him. He's the creator. I'm the creature. He made me to worship him. But there's more than that because he takes care of me. Um, how wonderful if our children grow up knowing that. And if we would know that, uh, that he made us, uh, that he sustains us, that he takes care of us, that's, that's why we praise him. Uh, that's why we praise him. Let's, let's pray now together. Uh, Lord, we thank you for being reminded of who you are. Uh, we long to know that you are God, uh, that you are the one who made us, uh, that we belong to you, uh, that you're the one who sustains us, gives us a breath, gives us life, uh, gives us everything good. Uh, I pray then as your people Uh, that we would be a people uh, with thankful and joyful hearts, uh, even in the hard times, uh, turning all glory to you, uh, the giver of all good things. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.